0: Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Um, very pleased to be back on air and talking all things cricket. Um, as usual, I've got the sort of hardcore of our podcast with me this evening. Um,
1: pleased to welcome Salman Ali from North London. Sal, um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Dan. Looking forward to a podcast. Obviously, missed the last one out Let the... Uh the men that know what's going on, talk about what needs to be spoken about. So I'm happy to be back on again this week to, to discuss some interesting matters we've got we've got lined up.
0: I'm intrigued to, to, to know who you think actually knows what's going
1: on. That's intriguing.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm glad we look like we know what's going on. That, that, that's, yeah. You know, Impressions are important and all that. Um, all good, yep. And also very pleased to welcome um, Eugene Berger uh, on, on this side of the microphone, as it were. Eugene is always here managing our tech, but um, uh, very pleased that he's going to be chatting to us. Um live this evening as well. So huge, welcome on board.
2: Hi Dan. Hi Sal. Very glad to be on it. Although I do feel that maybe I'm on it for a certain reason uh, on this specific huh. episode. Maybe there's a certain cancelled tour that's going on that I might be asked a couple of questions on.
0: Well, seen as you go there, Huge, we might as well kick off with that. For those who are not aware, um, today is Monday and England's tour of um South Africa has just been no, I think officially it's been postponed, right? It's not been cancelled been postponed although goodness knows when they're going to go back um and of course it's been postponed because of um because of covid scares i think they are at the moment um tests have have, have been done and there's a there's a real scare that people may have covid and 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 that's led to the tour being cancelled which of course is uh, on a number of levels a um a massive shame what what do you make of this huge obviously for those who don't know you're a a belgian botswanan who lived for a long time in south africa so what what, what do you make of this What,
2: what what's the sa perspective yeah, it's it's a tough one to explain. Um, when you when you look at the, I suppose the information that we have, which is all on the internet, so clearly you can believe it all. Um, it, it looks to be that there's been some bio breaks, but none of the news has come out. I mean, the prominent writers for South African cricket are are lipped If anything, they've gone deadly silent, which 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 does cause normally. A lot of uh, concern when they go quiet because normally if there's something wrong, they're the first to say to, to to speak up and actually mention what's going on. But yeah, it's been deadly silent from them, which is interesting. um The latest thing I read was that they're blaming England, South Africa are blaming England for using some networks that weren't it's supposed to harsh, be used.
0: Yeah.
2: Exactly, uh, I was like, you know, England are doing South Africa um, not a favour, but you know, that they're, they're making things work here, trying to make sure that they can get some some cricket played, some some T twenties and ODI cricket. Personally, I think the reason that this has happened is that um the new South Africa were gonna whitewash them after after they whitewashed South Africa in the in the T twenties and, you know, that they they're not letting South Africa get their revenge. I have warned
0: you about those hallucinogenic drugs used, but obviously you've not taken my <laughs> warning seriously. going <You> know, outrageous <laughs> observations like that. Um yeah, no, I think this is interesting, though, isn't it? Because I mean, I'd heard about the nets thing. I mean, is the story that the England guys might have gone to um, uh, gone to practice in facilities where they shouldn't have done? That's the angle, is it? Exactly. Yeah, that's
2: exactly what the the, the theory is. But I mean, it, the, the the big problem happened before then, when you know one of the South African players, whether it's a player or somebody in the back staff, had tested positive and then caused a number of challenges. Um, you know, if you look at the full timeline, and I'm sure everybody has seen the full timeline of what's gone on. It's you know, two or one South African test positive for COVID, then there's two staff members at the England Hotel that test positive. And it's just, I suppose it's a lot of, it's a lot of hearsay and a lot of speculation. But but the important thing is, is that people, you know, have families and they have holidays and and more importantly, additional tours that they need to go on. So, you know, if anybody does test positive, that's two weeks that they need to self-isolate, whether that be in South Africa or the, the new location is is questionable. So I, I totally understand why the tour has been postponed, canceled. You know, there's a lot more to it in terms of um, of what's going on. My, my, my only I suppose my only regret in this all of this is that every other nation in the world can host a cricket tour and South Africa can't. That's that's pretty poor. It's pretty average from South Africa, in my opinion. Whether the cause is South Africa or not, it's it's still the process that could have been put in place.
0: I get all that huge, and I, I totally buy it. And it, it's probably worth saying that people are going to listen to this two or three days after we are speaking, so there's going to be more information come out. Um, it's, it's going to be, you know, we're probably going to know who's who's tested positive and all that sort of stuff. But my, my bigger question is, is, is actually whether, I don't know, Pakistan, West Indies did us massive favours last year in coming to England to play. Um, pretty trying circumstances, and, um, and 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 they were they were fantastic ambassadors for the game. Is there a case that we, we called this off a bit early? Could we not have waited twenty four hours, forty eight hours, and then perhaps push flights back to next week because these tests have not been verified yet? We need this independent verification has not come through certainly on Monday night. So I just wonder: have England have England been just a bit too quick off the mark in postponing? Could could we not have waited a bit just to try and you know really give this a chance to work, or is is that just the wrong way of looking at it?
2: I think there's a couple of factors that play into it. One is I suspect that they've already had all of their flights and, and, and stuff booked. And I, in actual fact, I, do I suspect Thursday, the way that mate. they've Thursday for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the reason that they wouldn't have changed it is they've probably got their own plane because of the bio bubble so that nobody else flies on the plane with them. I'm guessing that the other reason is, is that I think a number of the players are going to the big bash and they have to be over in Australia um for a certain time frame. So you know, I, I, I get, I get the, I get the possibly pushing it back by a week, but there's also obligations that the, the side, the players, the families, and 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 people have made. So maybe that's the reason. Uh, who knows what will happen? And again, like you say, maybe yeah. towards the end of this week we'll actually get a clearer view of what's actually gone on. But but still very disappointing well, not to be able to watch cricket on the telly. Absolutely, and you're dead right. Three random blokes in in West
0: London are hardly going to know more than people on the ground in, in Cape Town. So we we we've got no spe- special knowledge. It's just um, it's just disappointing to you know to see this happen. Having said that, there are bigger issues about the future of cricket on this one, right? I mean, I, I was hearing about bubble fatigue earlier today, and 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 if these bio bubbles are not as secure as we think, then well, are they secure at all? I mean, it, it, does this not put the whole idea of of having these bubbles into question because not too many grounds are going to have hotels in them like we did in in manchester like we did in southampton i mean i do i do wonder i mean tom banton tom curran already pulled out of the big bash because of this this bubble fatigue being alone and being very much sort of un, under pressure in those sorts of situations is cricket really that important that we should put these guys through this i don't know if you've got an angle on that so
1: obviously it's, it's quite a testing and a Everyone come back to the argument about it's their job and they're paid lots of money, but you do have to think about mental health issues these days. I think it's obviously it's in the spotlight quite a lot now. And, you know, I personally, if, if you're an individual, you're cooped up in the same room, you're having to eat on your own, no interactions with other players and, you know, people in your sort of, you know, your squad, for instance, it's going to get tough, you know. So I think this is something definitely that needs to be thought about and, and discussed rather than just assuming because you're a professional sportsman. You have an easy life. You're touring all these fabulous countries, staying in fantastic hotels. You know, getting paid x amount of you know salary for for playing the game. Okay, that's fine. But there are wider issues, and obviously, you're discussing this bubble fatigue, which is obviously cropped up now. Regarding... and these guys we're talking about, they're young players and not your seasoned pros who who sort of been there, seen and done it. So if they're feeling this is a potential issue that could affect them, then I think we need to listen and take note of it. Yeah, I think me and you deciding what's best for Tom Banton and Tom Curran
0: is totally inappropriate. You know, we have to talk to these guys and, and respect decisions that, that, that are made. Um, I mean, you, you've done a, a bit of thinking about mental health issues elsewhere, and we might come on to them a bit later. But what's your take on this notion of, of is, is, you know, bubble fatigue and is cricket actually not as important as it wants itself to be?
2: Well, I think it is. I think cricket is massively important, and we saw that when we played when when, you, when the county was able to play cricket for for half the season this year, we saw, you know, the upbeat um folks that we managed to play some cricket with. So I think it is for mental health, great to get out. But when you look at the the difference that England had when they played the West Indies here in in England. Versus the location that they were in South Africa it was, I sort of I joined a, a webinar that um, Jason Way was invited to through a company called Black Opal, and they had George Dubell interviewing. Um, sorry, um, or he was, or he was one of the the people that were there, and it was interesting to hear why Jason didn't go to the IPL because he knew if he went to the IPL, he'd have to do the bubble in India or or um uh, in in the UAE. He'd then be doing a bubble in. In South Africa when he was playing in the in the T twenties in the ODI. He's going to the big bash, so he knew he'd be doing a bubble there. And then the IPL starts again in March. So he'd be doing a bubble there again. So it's interesting to see how certain people have managed their bubble and their mental health state by, you know, pulling themselves out of certain tours and certain obligations. And as you say, you know, um, Banton and um and Tom Curran have done exactly the same thing, but I suppose they've done it in a slightly different way to the, the way Jason has. So yeah, I, I totally get why they're doing it. You know, that they're seeing the same people every single day. I, I was told though, um, when I when I listened to the when I listened to Jason and, and the team talk on that black opal interview, was that the location in was in South Africa was completely different to what they experienced in um in England. Obviously, England, they were at the ground, they'd open up the, the curtains and they'd basically be looking at the ground at least the location that they are now. They're on a wine farm, not drinking wine, obviously, but they've got nature that, you know, they open up their doors and they've got nature on their doorstep. So, you know, mentally it was much easier to get through this tour. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting listening to those guys talk about that and, you know, bubble, who who, who thought in, in, you know, February, March this year, we'd be talking about something called bubble fatigue. Well, it's one of those words, isn't it? There's
0: so many of these things, you know, these words that didn't exist 12 months ago. And bubble bubble fatigue is absolutely one of them. I mean, I've, I've got a I've got a lot of sympathy for all sides here. I mean, the ECB want cricket to be played. You know, we want to watch it, and there's big money involved for for, for some people in all of this. But I do also think that you know some of these guys are are, are going through quite a bit actually. And, and much as the hotels are nice, much as the weather's better in South Africa than it is in West London at the moment, I, I think it's too easy to, to judge it on those terms. So, um, I mean, I, I do I do wonder. For example, England's tour to Sri Lanka. Um, in, in January that's, that's another month in a bubble right a test match bubble this time I think it's only test test matches so there's the, bubbles sort of all the time and that, that worries me a bit of course being positive you, we may well have vaccines on the horizon in, in, in 2021 and even later this week although clearly not for England cricketers so fingers crossed this is the, the trough if you know what I mean this is the worst it gets and
2: this is, the stories are a bit more positive from from here on in yeah um, it, it, it was interesting it was interesting to hear what, what the, the conversations that people are, what would you call them, the keyboard warriors on Twitter again on about. It's like, well, everyone's going, well, we're going through exactly the same thing, you know, in our current work in environments here in London, as an example. And the answer is, no, we're not. You know, those guys don't have their family. They don't have the support group. You know, they're there with colleagues. Yes, they have become friends over time. But they're there with colleagues and not family members. And and I think that's massively important. You need to have family and, and, and very close friends around you when you're when you're going through a pandemic like we are. So yeah, I think I think people just need to pipe down and, and actually give the England cricket team a, um, you know, a little bit of credit here.
0: Oh right! Now I'm going to. I hope this is absolutely there for the record. Usually, you said we're going to give the England cricket team lots of credit. I like that. I'm going to use that phrase um, a number of times in the future uh, when when Twickenham CC Saffers are are, are getting in <laughs> getting into the England team. But I think you're dead right, and I also think just because it might look like it's a cushy deal doesn't mean it is. You know, people deal with mental health challenges in very different ways. So I, I think a bit of wise counsel is probably advised there. And let's let, let, let's play each case on its merits. Absolutely. Moving forward, guys, the last pod we did um, was on the um, on the AGM. Really, just just as a reminder, we're not going to have a formal AGM in the traditional sense because, of course, we can't all meet up, and we're not likely to be able to meet up in in, in any meaningful sense uh, anytime soon. So, um, Nick, um, Nick Nick Brown, uh, the league secretary, um, Keir Hopley, uh, in charge of um, uh, um, various things to do with the way the league runs, we we, we talked through a number of the league's proposals. Um, and we we had a bit of feedback on that. A number of clubs, um, a, a relatively small number of clubs, to be honest, but nonetheless, a, a number of clubs got back to us with some some thoughts and some suggestions. The, the bright-eyed and bushy tail may remember that um, we said we'd do another podcast on that, but we didn't really think we had quite enough feedback to, to merit going through the territory again. So um, Nick is going to put all of this down in quite a big document that he's going to send to all the clubs about um, proposed changes for 2021 about how clubs are going to be able to cast their votes on these proposed changes, uh, and that's going to be taken, taken forward now in, in, I guess, more more traditional ways. So so keep an eye on your email, keep an eye on correspondence from the league, uh, and Nick Brown will explain the next steps in, in the course of the next few days um, days and weeks. Um, one thing I would say is, uh, and you, you probably know more about this than me use, that that pod was, was quite well listened to, right? That was one of the more successful pods that we've had.
2: It definitely was. I mean, um, obviously, that was the beginning of season two, episode one. As we as we try and break up the seasons, as 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 with cricket, we're trying to do the same thing with the podcast. And yeah, the most popular um, podcast we've had with with more listens than you know more than twenty five percent listens than, than any other one. So you know, great to have so many people listening. in. obviously, it was an important topic um, that that people needed to tune in for. So I suppose there's a positive side there. Um, who knows? Maybe this one will break that record. Dan, as uh, as it's as it's the three of us on again. Well, to be expected, you. Quite frankly, to be expected. I have to say, I love the
0: idea that the, the most listened to pod wasn't Stuart Law. You know, not the one. we you know, somebody who's played Test match cricket. <laughs> it was. It was about the AGM or whether we the third eleven should be providing teas. Magnificent stuff. Um. But yeah, it was was the most listened to one we've had, and and that that's really interesting. Obviously, good for the pod. Good that the news is getting out there. And if you've got any more feedback, then I'm certainly um, keen to hear it as will Nick Brown or Keir Hopley. So I do get in touch with them in uh, via via the regular. Channels. Um, What we have of course got is um, also uh, a sponsor for the the podcast and we're very pleased with that, Woodstock, and I think we're just going to hear a bit more about them now. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky. With so many options to choose from, how do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket have been producing award-winning high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and
2: find out why many loyal clubs, players
0: and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Right, Sal, we've got serious issues to be discussed now, and they do link in to um discussions at our um quasi-AGM, and they're to do with teas. Right? You may have heard this um this vicious rumour that turned out to be true that the Sussex League um took a decision to get rid of teas. Now, they took a bit of flack for this, um, and I if I think I think I've got this right, they, they've actually rode back from it now. But just talk me through this. Now, me and you, as we always say, uh, a tea is a fundamental part of our cricket in life. Um, but the Surrey League decided to get get
1: rid of this. What, what was your take on that? Sussex League, Dan. Yeah, Sussex League. They had a vote yeah, there at yeah. Their, um, yeah recent meeting and um, yeah got rid of provision of teas. And there was some quite a lot of debate on Twitter. Actually, I was reading quite a few of the messages on there, and there was obviously lots of people who couldn't understand why. And I think they had a revote recently and the revo overturned the original decision so there will be teas in sussex now personally i'm a huge fan of teas not only obviously because i like food and enjoy eating nice cream cakes etc but i just think it's a nice um, even like there's a social occasion between in between the innings for sides to so actually just get together or players to get together to have a you know a chat maybe non related to cricket take their mind off the game and sort of refocus again and i know, I know sort of clubs use it as well. i know you guys need to come to our place you'd have your, what did you call it? The tea on or something, wasn't it? You had some kind of scale where you yep. worked out a club's rating. So even that kind of thing is quite humorous and fun. And, you know, you, in your match reports, you'd mention it. So it's, it's also like a, a sideline. I know there's, there's a club on, on, who are very popular on YouTube and, and Instagram, I think, called Sanderstead, who have a, one of their players doing like a tea sort of section on, on their videos. Again, that's obviously quite interesting to watch, how they rate the opposition teas. I just I think it's, it's been there for a long, long time. You know, it's an institution. Also, there's, there's people's sort of jobs at stake here, really, because you do have your, you know, I know mean, a lot of clubs maybe have in-house tea made for them by companies, for instance, but you still have your individuals who sort of need that kind of income from a weekend to sort of, you know, keep going financially in some way. So, personally, I'm still in favour, and I just, you know, I'm not one to get rid of them. I do understand what Nick mentioned when you're playing at grounds, for instance, and facilities are not so good, and you're playing at a higher up, ground obviously as well so having to transport teas could be an issue but I think in your in your main sides and even as far as you can go maybe down to the 11th it should still remain you know
0: well I see I see your anger I'm interested that you remember that in our match reports we had a teometer yeah and, and it was quite funny some of our guys you know there's certain trigger issues that, that they could not deal with for example one, one guy I was going to say I remain nameless but I'm not going to say that. Phil Walker plays in our fifths if tea was served no if coffee was served rather at a cricket tea, he was apoplectic. You know, you were on. You are going to get an E for your tea, no matter how good it was. If there was coffee rather than tea, and he, he used to really go into detail about that. And yeah, looking back, they were quite they're quite enjoyable reports. But Hughes, what's your take on this, Hughes? Because I guess South Africa didn't have any teas when you were there, right? No, and I suppose it probably not, still doesn't. know.
2: Yeah, not not from memory. Um, I mean, we were over there touring too. We, we did have teas and, and lunches when we when we were over there touring, actually. But that was a, a special occasion that they'd put it on, but, but not normally. Um, you know, my perspective, Dan is is, Dan, it should be an aspiration for every single uh, club in the MCCL to get to the Premier League division. And the reason for that is not only do you have a tea, but you also have a lunch. So, you know, if, if there's no uh, incentive other than making sure that you get to eat twice on one cricket day, it's making sure that you get to play in the Premier League. I know that was one of the reasons I fought so hardly to play in the (laughs) first 11.
0: (laughs) I wonder why you were keen on batting in, batting nine and then not, not bowling much. you just pig out on the tee, you know? But, I think you, um, figured but yeah, out, all, all, you figured it out, then. You figured it out. Actually, that's unfair as well. You used to open the batting for all one, so i have been massively unfair saying that. Um, yeah, okay. I, I get that. But in South Africa, you survive without them, right? So what, what did you do in South
2: Africa? you bring your own tea same as we did in the county league this year you know everybody brought their own food or or um or the ground would provide food for you you could buy a sandwich a burger or, or whatever you know whatever was gained um so it was yeah it was a sense of revenue for the for the club i guess if you could offer food um but but yeah um not traditionally um you know tea tea and and, and cake was not normally offered okay so
0: so this sort of I mean, I was intrigued by Sal's point about it, it gets people to socialise together. I must—I socialise at the end of a game. I don't really wander over and, and chat to people I'm playing against over tea. So, I mean, I, I guess I have done it, but I have I, I thought at the end of the game is where I did that. But also, you could
1: still bring your own tea and do that, couldn't you? Yeah, I suppose you could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about more maybe with your own players, not um, um, the opposition. That's Again, I would agree with you. That's probably something you do after the game, but I'm talking about just with your, with your pals. You know, playing with, you might have discussed something that's made you laugh during the game. It's more of a, you know, just letting off a bit of, I don't know, uh, sort of worries maybe about the second innings, for instance, or something that may have gone wrong. It just gives you that time to regroup or just freshen your mind in Mm. some ways and sort of sit down and go again in the second half, you know?
0: Yeah, sure, sure. But we did have a gap last year. You know, you you did still have that 20 minutes or whatever it was to, 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 you know, to eat the tea that you'd brought or... For Twickenham players yeah. to remember they hadn't brought any, so to wander over to Sainsbury's and buy it and take forty minutes—you mm. know—that that 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 still happened, or um, well, certainly it, it looked like it did to me. I mean, my my, my bigger issue with this, I'll, I'll be honest, is that I, I think that an awful lot of players who are very keen on tees don't realise how difficult it can be to get them out. And sure, first eleven, second eleven, a lot of clubs do have systems in place. Not not all of them, but a lot of clubs have systems in place where where this is relatively straightforward, but. You know, if you're playing at Warren Farm against Indian Gym Fours, then, and, and I just picked that as one I know, it, you know, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult for, for, for clubs to, to come up with food there. Um, and I wonder if we might be asking too much of them in trying to expect them to do that. Because certainly I feel that too many people take teas for granted. Um, they seem to think it's a God-given right to, to have masses of food and, and have it provided for and still only pay a tenner. Um, and and I just, I just wonder if... If we need to move on from that, and we need to concentrate on the playing of the game rather than rather than the scones. Much as I love a scon. I really do, but I, I think sometimes we tradition is just what you do because you've been doing it all the time. You know, it's just always been done that way. It doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. And when I look at Australia and um, and South Africa, they do it differently, and no one seems to worry that much uh, about it. Um, so I think there's an argument for rethinking this, but I suspect there's an awful lot of people who who actually don't have to provide the teas who are in no no, no no don't want to think about it because they quite fa- they, they quite like having the food when it's put there right in front of them usually might being unfair uh,
2: no i don't think you are dan the next thing you're going to be talking about is possibly playing cricket with cricket uh, with pink and white balls who knows who knows which way you're oh, going to go next after you cancel my teas? goodness me whatever next day eh? whatever next um okay
0: well we'll see what clubs have to think about this because there are votes yeah, absolutely to be, to be cast only for um, third tier cricket, so only for thirds, fourths, fifths, and sixths, which we now have in the county league. So they're not for first and second tees, Definitely stay there. Although I personally, I'll be honest, I think there's a case for rethinking that as we move forward. I suspect, though, I'll be in the minority for a fair old while to come. Talking about um, the, the next season and, and what's being planned, the MCCL is, is obviously bigger than it's uh, than it's ever been before. Um, and um, I was just going to sort of flag that up because I, I noticed it. You know, in, in black and white terms, when the fixtures were published um, this week, Sal was it? Or was it last week? It was last week, wasn't it? I think. Um, what did you make of the fixtures when you saw them? Talk, talk us through anything
1: that caught your eye. Well, just just to clarify what you mentioned as well, the championship has now amalgamated with the MCCL, so all Saturday yes, league cricket yeah. played in Middlesex will be played under the same rules, which is which is the first time it's ever happened. So we've got one structured county league system. Um county um, club cricket system in Middlesex now, so we've got um twenty three different divisions, and of which eight will be contested by first teams. Now, obviously, I like to look out for the fixtures early on and sort of pinpoint games I might want to go and watch during the season. Obviously, um you know some crackers on the first day, but I was drawn to a fixture on Saturday the fifth of June. So, anyone listening out, they want to you know get in touch with me, please. I'm not around that day at all. I'm very busy. I'll be attending hopefully <laughs> um, a game between um, two sides in the Division Eight, and this goes back to my childhood first being a big WWE. Sorry, yeah, so it's
0: obviously First Eleven. This this is South yeah, Division Eight, eight of the first, first Eleven, which we now have yeah.
1: of course. Division, yeah. okay, yeah, we got so we eight, eight first. So Division Eight of the First Eleven. Um, being a massive WWE fan in my childhood, I still you know um, watch it now occasionally not show how sad I am. Um, we've got a side called the Ultimate Warriors playing against the Stallions. Now, I'm interested to know <laughs> how they no. came around that name. Is it linked to the old WWE champion from years back or is there other connotations behind it? So I'm just hoping there won't be any sort of uh, shenanigans taking place where wrestling moves come into the game. What, lines? Is played in yeah. The yeah, any clotheslines yeah. off the top row, you know, and the referee or the umpire doesn't have to, you know, sort of give anybody a count out. Hopefully we played fairly so, yeah. I'm interested to know. So, if anyone's listening from the Ultimate Warriors, get in touch with us. We'd love to know more about your club and the reasons behind your name because it's a great name. Definitely. I love it. So it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I've so, got this uh, vision Saturday, of. I'm booked out. Yeah. Go on, Sorry, Dan. Uh, I've got a vision of Kia standing
0: over somebody. One, two. Oh, of course. no, it's just yeah. not, doesn't work, does it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Wow. So, um, so the ul- the ul-
0: yeah. And the Ultimate Warriors and the Stallions the... were
1: both in the championship last year, right? Or are they, are they brand new I... clubs, or do we not know? I'm not sure personally. I couldn't answer that one, Dan. But um as I said, if someone's listening from either of them two clubs, please get in touch, or well, anyone you know to get in touch with us and let us know. Um, but that's the beauty of of, of of the league now. We've got, you know, you've got your your traditional sides of Teddingtons and your Ealings, and now we've got the Ultimate horrors coming into play. You know, you could you could <laughs> who knows what they could be like in you know, imagine them in the Premier League in seven, eight years' time, playing against Teddington. What a game that would be. Sal, you're on drugs as well. You know, I don't
0: know what's
2: am, going on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't to say me. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to they, they're following the T20 format of coming up with creative yeah. names, and then you know that's that, that's what's happening. Yeah. They'll get I love there. it. I love it. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I'd be and very surprised also, if it's not something to do with that character in the
1: WWE. I mean, you don't you don't accidentally oh, right. come up with that, do
0: you?
1: Yeah. Or if they have, then I'm definitely going to be their number one fan. It's um, <laughs> based on 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 the old WWE legend who sadly passed away. Um, we yeah, he's no longer why, with us, is he? How do I, do I know that? But no, he's, no, no. He's, he's died. No, it wasn't. Um, and also, we'll, we'll have cubs take note and change their names and become, you know, sort of someone else. You know, we could have Hulk Hogan Eleven taking part in the future. Who knows? You know, going to follow a now.
0: We could. Yeah, we could. <laughs> it's Hulksters, an angle
1: they could be, be called that. You know, the Hulkamaniacs. Exactly. Oh, yeah. See, Dan, you're coming along with me. But I love it. What? Are you going with the the, the Hamstead Hulks? Yeah, there we go. Nick Brown, are you listening? Nick yeah, will be all over that, now. I'm sure. No, uh, he will love, love that. That'd be great. And just also to mention, so obviously we've we've got so many new clubs and in, sides in, in the actual new version of the MCCL. They actually, I mean, last year, during during the season that we had, there was lots of sides or trying to put out second, sorry, six 11s, and there's actually going to be six 11s taking part of the season for some of the clubs. So that's great. You know, we'll have some clubs Putting out over sixty players every weekend playing cricket, which is fantastic. So that's good to good to impressive. hear as
0: well.
1: Yeah, impressive stuff. Absolutely, um, and it is worth saying. I mean, we
0: have been down this route a little bit before on the pod, but th- this is the culmination of, of a number of years worth of thinking. Having these many, this many clubs in our in the MCCL, because of course the nineteen eighty seven league joined the MCCL three years ago now, four years ago, and that was very much. Created for clubs lower down, the the, the spectrum, as in the you know, third levels, fourth levels, fifth levels, and that's now been brought brought on, uh, and and the championship is sort of the final piece of the jigsaw, right, Sam?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a long time coming, and as you mentioned, the, the eighty seven league joined, you know, a few years back, and I think Bob's worked really hard behind the scenes, and obviously other committee members as well, and they finally got together and sort of you know linked well, and this is the final sort of plan of how things should be in the league in the, in the county actually, so to I me mean, going to be good you know as i said it gives you know as i said it, it, you know who look forward to seven eight years time and one of these stars in division seven VII, division eight sort of you know you've got a club called willow leather you've got harrow millenniums looking at some of the teams here now you know who's, who's to say they couldn't sort of do that sort of rise through the ranks and end up playing in the higher echelons of the league which would be you know fantastic and we should watch well, i'm sure they aspire to as well yeah i mean it's certainly be an interesting cup
0: Matchups, won't there, as well? Um, you know, yeah, at, at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. I mean, I think um, it's gonna, it's gonna be fantastic for all the cricket badgers out there. My goodness me!
1: You know, there's enough stats as it oh. is in
0: the MCCL, but it's going to be even more now. Plenty to good well, um, luck like to, to all like Get divorced. Him. Yeah,
1: he'll do stats yeah. To get all these stats together with reports. And be, I'm sure he'll revel in these situations and he'll, he'll produce a great job as he does normally. I've well, I was going to say hats off to to yeah. Paul Smith because, I mean, he, he creates the, the statistical
0: pro- – well, he, he adapts the statistical programs. He makes sure it all works. And um, i tell you one thing, I couldn't do it, Sal, and not many other people no. could. So um, respect no. you to Paul for keeping such a, a fine eye on this. Um, cool. Well, that's obviously for next next May to, to get our teeth into all. We would like to hear from the Ultimate Warriors and anybody else before then as well. <laughs> um, thinking about last year, um, Sal, you also sort of picked up that the, the county club, of course, have been – out some gongs, right? Um, the, the Middlesex CCC awards have, have been and gone. Uh, and if I got this right, the MCCL players or people who played in the MCL did quite well, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So recently they held their, their their annual awards. Obviously, wasn't the glitzy ceremony I mean, they have it at Lords. I imagine every single year it was sort of obviously done as other clubs have done as well with some kind of video link. I imagine. And yeah, so there's players who featured in, in the league this year for their you know for their clubs who probably thought sort of fared quite well. So we had men's player of the year was John Simpson, who's Played for bronze a couple of times this season. Uh, the white ball player of the year, Stanmore Steve Eskenazi, Uh Fielder award of the year went to Max Holden. He's um, played for the Bush, and then obviously there was an award for the emerging player, which went to Luke Holman, which is no surprise at all, seeing the season that he had. And the youth player went to a young guy who I hi- actually highlighted earlier on the year in my league eleven of the year. He played for Crouch and a young lad called. Um, At Harvard Passard, very promising cricket, a very good batsman, excellent fielder, and he won the Young Player of the Year, or the Youth Player of the Year award. So, yeah, as I said, it's good to see players who, who've, you know, we, we can actually watch in, on, in, 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 a, in a in a cup game being recognised by the county as well, which is very refreshing and hopefully long may continue. And I guess there's a case to be made, and obviously
0: I'm, you know, there are downsides to this argument. But COVID, for all its the, the horrific things that we've seen with, with COVID, did actually end up in a, in a perverse way giving quite a few young players the opportunity to play quite a bit of first team cricket, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, if we you know in a normal season, I'm sure we'd have probably have two or three overseas players that turn up and do their do their stint for the club. So, as you say, that was not the case. It has given opportunity for like, the likes of Luke Holman to sort of make a game in the first team and show what he can do in other players as well. I mean, of the 22 players, 14 have come through the Middlesex Academy, which is, you know, I'm sure that that's why the Academy is there. And people who work behind those, Rory Coots is involved and there's other members, Alan Coleman as well. sure it's refreshing for them guys to see that the work they're putting in is, 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 is helping the club develop players who could eventually become professional cricketers and, and make an impact not only for their for their county but also maybe for their country as well which is obviously the ideas of having academies you know within, yeah. within the county setup
0: mm, absolutely true. yeah 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 totally buy into that i should say as well you know the, the county club have been very generous in in, in plugging this podcast on, on the website and if, if you go to Middlesex County Cricket Club's uh, web page then you'll, you'll find us there and um you know, we're we really quite pleased that they're you know they're engaging with what we do and that they they clearly take the league seriously uh, and they want the leagues to to be successful and that's in their interest as it is in our interest and that that's good. I think it's a relationship that's really um, quite constructive at, at, at the moment and that's you know long may it continue um, is is my position on on that one. Um, guys, we're coming towards the end here, um, anything you want to throw in before um, before we go our separate ways?
1: I just want to ask one question around the teas, Dan. It was quite... Obviously, you mentioned about your your views on it, and you did throw up a, something that came to mind in my head when you talking about scones. Are you a jam-first or cream-first person?
0: Oh, this is a... I'll have them as they come. Let's be crystal clear, Sal. If anybody gives me a scone alley tip, there's no issues there. I would definitely be a jam-first person, but i got... Friends from Devon and friends from Cornwall, you know, this is a declaration of war if you get if you get that wrong with them. So I'll take them at, at, however they come. What about you? What's your, what's your position on this? I'm definitely cream first. Oh, really? Why is that then?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Just, I got used to doing it that way. A bit of clotted cream, a bit of jam on top. There you go. Perfect. It's gone for me, that is. Yeah.
0: As long as there are lots of both, I'm generally happy, if the truth be known. As long as it's caked on. Then I can. Eat. How about you? Usually, are you even up on this debate about how to? eat uh, I am. The, the I am actually.
2: On? Um, I, I was going to ask, Sel, how do you how do you spread the jam over cream? Because you, you can spread jam over a scone, which is pretty easy, and you can get that you know you can get that on there, or are you a dollop man? You literally take a teaspoon of it and put it on.
1: Well, I do tend to dollop it on, but then I just kind of be sort of quite careful and sort of like smooth it over, so there's an even spread of the jam over the okay. cream. Trying to hit uh, all the corners so I as well, that, so
2: it's good spread. Yeah, that answers the question then, Dan. I'm a I'm a jam first kind of guy because yeah, it, it spreads nicely. Well, it spreads it spreads a lot easier on the scone. That's the only reason. You know what? No one can ever say that we
0: dodged the big issues on this podcast. You know, we, we, you know, we, we've gone <laughs> WWE tonight. We, we've now gone the big scone cream jam debate. I mean, we we're, we're up for a Middle East peace process next week. You know, we, we'll take it all on here. Um yeah I mean fantastic stuff and and I, I do like a scone, I have to say I I feel a bit hypocritical sort of you know saying that T's might not be might not be the way forward given how much I enjoy the damn things but uh but yeah there <laughs> we go. You did you want to come in with anything? Um
2: to, I did to wind us I did um yeah i um, I just wanted to do I just wanted to flag a new podcast that um three of us have started um and it's specifically focused around mental health and and specifically mental health within the cricket game. Um you know, uh, we, we do promote the MCCL podcast on that one. So I thought it would be uh, good to make sure that we we promote uh, slogging it on, on the MCCL podcast. And um, effectively, it's, it's a, as I said, it's all around mental health and making sure that people can talk to each other. And I think the reason that that's become relatively pertinent this year is because of the environment and the, and, and, and the pandemic. Um, you know, we've had four episodes of it so far. We've had max rushton we've had toby tarrant we've had simon roberts we've had mark elaine and, and on thursday we're releasing the episode with simon jones talking all about his uh, his knee and um and, and his you know that 18 month recovery as well as life after cricket so you know the idea is to make sure that we do talk about mental health but you know there's always positive at the end of it and, and how you come out the back of it thinking that life is more positive than, than than some of the things that the guys have been through so yeah do head over to slogging it, it's on all popular podcast platforms and um, yeah, let us know what you think. Oh, that sounds fascinating.
0: With Simon Jones, usually, I mean, you, you just mentioned the the incident with his knee, and I sort of winced sitting here. It's one of those one of those injuries and one of those moments in sport where everybody knew how how, how, how bad it was. So I'd be fascinated to hear what his take on it was, because eighteen months of his life was 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 was, was given up because of a bad slide, right?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to give too much away, Dan, but I can tell you now that, that he thinks that was a blessing in disguise. He came back as such a better bowler, in his opinion. So you know, as bad as it was, and he only you know played half an hour of cricket, took the only wicket before NASA won the toss and put England into to bowl. And then I think the next thing there were three hundred and thirty-seven for for one still. So, but yeah, I, I mean, he, mm. he the positivity that that man you know speaks about, and and how how he how he just takes everything in his stride, and and I do say everything because there's more to it than just than just his knee injury um there's there's other there's other things so yeah i mean you know definitely tune in and and uh, have a listen to it i'm all over it. you just sounds fantastic mate. it sounds fantastic and it's called slogging it right yep slogging it pertinent term um, considering shot. that that's the most favorite shot in 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 the cricket <laughs> textbook just call it you know leaving alone no that doesn't work does <laughs> it you know you, you can't leave this you know alone we, and then yeah. flag that up yeah Exactly. We we did think about edging it. We did think about um, you know a number of different names, but yeah, slogging it just seemed to be the 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 most pertinent uh, or the, the most realistic one in in the three of us that play cricket anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a good name. We like it.
0: <laughs> Superb. Um, great stuff, guys. It, as ever, it's been it's been a pleasure. Um, just to reiterate, any feedback, then then certainly Eugene myself, Sal, uh, Nick Brown, um, Kia Hopley, all very keen to hear it. Do get in touch with us. Um, and we'll be back, no doubt, in due course, um, trying to sort um, all those big issues out once again. So thanks for listening. See you again soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks, so.
1: Phil. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Dan. thanks, for that. It was Huge.